0: What up, family? It's episode one hundred and twenty-three of the genius life. Welcome aboard. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the show. I'm your host, Max Lugavier, a filmmaker, health and science journalist, and the author of the New York Times bestselling book, Genius Foods and the Genius Life. On this episode of the show, I'm so excited to welcome my dear friend Kelly Levesque back to the show. She is amazing. She's a nutrition expert. She's a celebrity health coach. She is a author. She's a social media phenom. She's one of my very favorite, favorite people in the health and wellness space. And you guys were a huge fan of her first appearance on the show. That was one of the most listened to episodes of the show that I've had to date. Um, and so I had to get her back on the show to talk about, um, life and nutrition and pregnancy because my girl is pregnant expecting her second child and I wanted to discuss a topic that we have not yet covered on The Genius Life and that is nutrition during that special time, pregnancy. Nutrition for growing a healthy fetus, turning that fetus into a baby. It's the miracle of life, you guys. It's just the most joyous thing that I've heard of. I don't personally know what it's like to have a baby. Uh, I don't have any children that I know of, but Kelly is a mom and she is more than qualified to do a deep dive into this topic for all y'all out there, whether you are a, uh, man or a woman or intersex, um, you know, this is something relevant to all people because it's the circle of life. And so I'm pumped for you to listen to this episode. She just drops knowledge bombs left and right. And we have such a great rapport that it's just always a blast uh, getting to hang out. So strap on your seatbelts and get ready for the ride. This episode of the show is brought to you by my good friends at Four Sigmatic. Four Sigmatic are the purveyors of the finest quote unquote medicinal mushroom products uh, that I have had the experience of getting to know. I am a big fan of their Lion's main Coffee which I drink regularly when I'm drinking coffee. Um, it combines organic instant freeze-dried coffee in a little packet with lion's mane, which is a uh, a mushroom that incidentally is also a very delicious culinary mushroom. If you could find it in your home city, I highly recommend uh, trying to find fresh lion's mane mu- mushroom. It is delicious, delicious. It has the consistency of lobster, but I digress. Four Sigmatic uses the freeze-dried version of lion's mane And um, Lion's Mane has been uh, suggested to possess cognition boosting properties and to support neuroplasticity. So I love to combine that with coffee um, and I drink it uh, in the mornings. down a packet or two usually thrown over ice. If you want to give anything that Four Sigmatic produces a try, all you got to do is go to foursigmatic.com slash max or use promo code max and you'll get to save 15% off of anything in their online store. That's the deepest discount you'll find anywhere on Four Sigmatic products and you can use it uh, again and again and again. That's foursigmatic.com slash max or promo code max. And you'll get fifteen percent off. This episode of the show is also sponsored by my good friends at Teton Waters Ranch. Teton Waters Ranch has—they have a whole line of the most delicious one hundred percent grass-fed and grass-finished beef products um, that I've had. You know, and uh, their products are sort of in a unique vertical. They are hot dogs. Hamburgers and sausages, uh, and I love them. That's you know, it's summertime. You get to throw these on the grill, and I don't know when was the last time you had a grass-fed hot dog or any hot dog for that matter, and felt good about eating it. I would, without a second of hesitation, buy anything that Teton Waters Ranch produces and feed it to my family. Um, they are great. You know, we know the health benefits of grass-fed beef, and that's the only type of beef that they sell. So check out TetonWatersRanch.com slash max to learn more. You can find Teton Waters Ranch products at Costco, Whole Foods, Hannaford's, and Safeway, or Albertson's. They're all over the U.S. All you got to do is look for them. So thank you, to Teton Waters Ranch, for sponsoring this episode of the show. All right, guys. We're just seconds away from um, the conversation with the one and only Kelly Levesque. AKA Be Well by Kelly on Instagram. She is brilliant and beautiful and kind and funny. And I already said brilliant, but uh, can't be overstated. She is just the best. And um, we're gonna talk about all things nutrition during pregnancy please make sure that you are on my newsletter. You can join up by going to maxlugavere.com and by entering your first and last name and your email address and we will be in touch. I don't give out your information to anybody else. I don't sell your information. I don't spam. I promise and you can opt out whenever you want. Join my text message community by texting me at 310-299-9401. I occasionally uh, give breaking news updates and do giveaways just for my text message community so make sure that uh you're a member again just text genius to 310 9401 super easy to do again you can opt out anytime and subscribe to my channel on youtube youtube.com max lugavere where incidentally you can also watch the entirety of this episode if you want to see the magic that is a max and kelly podcast collaboration all you got to do is go to youtube.com slash Max and it is there for your viewing pleasure, ladies and gents. Um, so check that out and i appreciate you i love you guys thank you as always for tuning in new episodes every wednesday make sure that you are subscribed lots of epic epic episodes in the pipeline and other cool things coming to you if you are a regular subscriber fan of the podcast that's all i can say um but get excited and now without further ado here's kelly kelly levesque thanks for being back on the show
1: honestly it's just so nice to see you
0: same same
1: it's been a crazy time
0: It has been a crazy time. have you been, how have you been coping?
1: Um, so we had a crazy year. We had some like family things go on. My mother-in-law, um, had an aneurysm was in the, in the ICU for 25 days and then in rehab and she came home and two days later quarantine happened. And so we had been going down to orange County a lot and we were quarantined in our apartment in Brentwood, which was fine for the two of us for those first like you know, six weeks or so. And then it was just like, we need nature. We need, we need family. We need nature. We just, we need to be able to have space because all the parks were closed. So Chris and I were taking Sebastian to like roundabouts in the Ritz, like, rich neighborhoods of Brentwood where there's like huge houses and there's like just a plot of grass in the middle, throwing down a picnic blanket and like kicking a ball around because oh, the kid just like needed to get outside. Um, so we actually ended up moving down to Orange County for the summer just in Laguna. Um, there's hikes, there's oh, wow. beaches. It was, it's pretty chill. So that was really nice because we didn't, you know, we had a nanny, we had support and then all of a sudden it was like our son was a ping pong ball <laughs> between the two of us. But I think when it comes to like taking care of our family, cooking food, like having the time to really like really like meal plan in a way that, and meal prep in a way that I hadn't had the time to do with all the events that were happening in L.A. before quarantine. And interestingly enough, like my favorite yoga class started Zooming. My favorite hit training started Zooming. So it's weird to work out at home. I don't really like the connection via a screen, yeah. But um, as you know, I'm I'm 20 weeks pregnant. Amazing. So um, quarantine 15 really start, sort of happened <laughs> for me. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's we just we just kind of like hunkered down and we're trying to like celebrate baby boy number two and so exciting. Get outside as much as possible.
0: Well, I love any chance I get to hang with you. I just I I relish. But especially when we get to like collaborate and create content, because I mean, one thing about you, your followers, they love you so much.
1: Well, the same with yours.
0: I mean, yeah, I'm very grateful. But it's just like, it's so cool. Like, you know, people message me all the time. I think there's like some there's got to be a strong overlap. Yeah. People. Well,
1: education. Yeah. Like sharing a lot.
0: Education, but also like rooted in science and like uh, pragmatism, you don't see that much of that in the wellness space.
1: Right. Unfortunately, it needs to be livable. It needs to be flexible based on your lifestyle. And then you just keep a positive spin. Like, how can you elevate? You're not a bag of toxins that's going to end up, you know, sick and diseased. You, You absolutely can be You know a well human being and and healthy and i think we give people the tools to do that or i hope
0: yeah yeah. i I think we're giving
1: people the tools to do that
0: well we do our best yeah we're trying (laughs) yeah i was watching your instagram stories the other day and you were just dropping so much knowledge and i think there was like something that you were saying about gluten and i was like (laughs) yes (laughs) Yeah. yeah it was like you just make so much sense you know um and you're not dogmatic about any of your, uh, you know, what you preach?
1: Yeah. I think sometimes people say that my recommendations are too general and that's, you know, I generally think people need (laughs) essential amino acids, essential fatty acids, (laughs) uh, fiber rich vegetables and leafy greens and what they do around that should be like the best version of what they can get their hands on. But I don't. I think I like to follow the science. I'm not going to be someone who jumps on board with something and is so gung-ho and then research comes out. I, I need to be able to be flexible and just be a filter for the research. And even if I'm wrong or if something I've shared I'm changing my mind on, like, I want my audience to know that. I'm going to be the first one to tell you, hey, like I loved this. It was awesome. This was I was based on this science or this article or this study that I was referencing. And now this came out and this is how I'm changing it up in my life. Hopefully you can use this information to the best of your ability to change your life.
0: So great. So how has your there was like the last time we hung out, you weren't. Preggers. No,
1: no, I went from being pregnant to breastfeeding to being pregnant. (laughs) So, what's
0: changed? Like, how have you been? Kind of like, you know, how has your diet changed? How has your maybe your supplement regimen changed? And especially under the constraints of, you know, the pandemic and everything that you know everybody's going through.
1: Yeah. um, So, the beauty of I think the way that we both eat, um, it's about nutrient density, and that's so uber important when you're pregnant because you're building a human being from scratch. And when you think about your, like, the human body is one-third collagen, and one-third of collagen is glycine. And glycine all of a sudden becomes con- conditionally essential during pregnancy because majority of pregnant people are protein deficient. Mm. And there's so many food aversions to protein in the first trimester, especially if you, if you have morning sickness. So for me, um, you know, I ended up getting pregnant a little I get pregnant pretty quickly, (laughs) which is a a good problem to have. Um, But I went from breastfeeding Sebastian. I weaned him. On the 16th and found out I was pregnant on the 17th of April. So I had no time off. Um, and with Sebastian, I was able to spend about three months getting my nutrient stores up, taking a prenatal, taking a really strong DHA, really focusing, you know, on omega omega three, but specifically you're looking for like a strong source of DHA when you're pregnant. You know, this is like brain health. You're focusing on making sure your prenatal has the right form of folate or, you know, not folic acid, that it's folate. Um, Really just getting my nutrient stores up and i and I wasn't sick with Sebastian I was really I felt really vibrant even in the first trimester and this time around I was definitely depleted I mean I basically like <laughs> had grown a human being inside of me and then fed him until he was eighteen months old, you know giving him breast milk to give him like the best immunity and try my best to like really nourish him and then to get pregnant right away I, my body took a hit, so I was really trying my best to focus on those nutrient dense foods and some of my favorites are like eggs. So if you're not, you know, for me, how was I getting my amino acids? Like I said, glycine becomes conditionally essential. You really want to have enough protein. You want all the B vitamins from like pasture raised, red meat, bison, steak. Um, And, you know, when you don't feel like protein, you have to get a little bit creative. So for me, that was using like the unbun and making like grass fed burgers. Like I needed a little bit of carbohydrates to not feel Kind of sick and queasy about it. But I knew that this baby, you know, and any baby really needs those B vitamins and all that iron. So that was something I leaned on. I made a whole bunch of like Siete almond flour egg tacos hmm. with a whole bunch of avocado, which is like rich in fiber and vitamin E. Um, so you just think about like, what do we need as humans? All those fat soluble vitamins, all those amino acids, all those healthy fats. Like the baby needs that too. And if I'm not into eating fish, then I'm definitely getting pasture raised eggs that are rich in omega-3. I'm taking my DHA to try to get those stores up. So I'm, I was, you know, I have my collagen smoothies. They weren't something that I was actually having first thing in the morning. I was more having them like in the afternoon time, more of like a lunch because hmm. I woke up wanting like, like more like a warm breakfast, like in an egg taco or something like that. Sounds great. Um, But, you know, I pretty much was sticking to how I normally eat, but just incorporating low-glycemic carbohydrates. Some of them were acellular, like a tortilla or, you know, an unbun. But I really focused on, like, the fiber-rich, low-glycemic versions because— Unfortunately, knowing the research and dipping into the research, elevated blood sugar for a fetus, when you are a pregnant woman with elevated blood sugar, not only, um, you know, increases their chance of childhood obesity and childhood diabetes, it increases your chance of preeclampsia, um, you know, and uh, elevated, you know, elevated weight of the baby, which then, you know, increases your chances of uh, hard labor and delivery, Mm. uh, chances of a C-section, you know, so it's, it's crazy. It's, there are so many recommendations from all over the place when it comes to pregnancy, but I really am just, I try to focus on the positive and I try to focus on like, if you were to build a human from scratch, what is that human made out of? Yeah, Right. And how can I, even when I'm feeling like I want to vomit. How can I get these things into my diet or cover them up or sauce them with, like, ketchup and mustard to get it down? So and then luckily at, like, 15 weeks, which is, you know, not too long ago, I felt like myself again. Your energy kicks up. You, like, want to go work out really hard. You want to, like, eat clean. You finally are like, yes, give me the salmon again. So I'm thankful this time around that it's not lasting the whole time because Hmm. it wasn't something I was used to.
0: So the first like the first couple of weeks, you feel like you've got like you've gotten the wind kicked out of you and then you get like a second wind like 15 weeks in.
1: Yeah, but basically what happens is and this is another reason why it's really, really important to focus if you are thinking about getting pregnant is to focus on nutrient density and to start supplementing early um, before you get pregnant because your baby's growth is um, from the endometrial lining. So it's from the blood that's already in your uterus and your endometrial glands. And so Basically, the baby is growing based on the food and nutrition that you were consuming prior to your first trimester, which is really relieving for a lot of women who can only keep down, you know, Back in the day, it might be Gatorade and saltines. In my world, this looks like Simple Mills, like plain crackers and element electrolyte drinks, which are, you know, that's a phenomenal electrolyte drink that doesn't have sugar in it. You know, I'm trying to elevate and have swaps for everything that you would need if you're like, I'm going to vomit, <laughs> you know, and and that's how I coach my clients who are pregnant too. But yeah, you you really, it's, your cells are multiplying at such a fast rate and If you don't have the nutrient stores, like specifically in research, they show that a deficiency in B6 can really increase nausea. So when... You really can't keep food down. Your OBGYN may um, actually supplement you with B6 and Unisom, which is an anti nausea medication. I ended up just supplementing myself with B6 um, and making sure that my prenatal had a really high amount of it. Um, you know, B vitamins are water soluble. So, where people worry about toxicity from fat soluble vitamins, you're, you know, you might be, it might look like you dropped a highlighter in your toilet, but yeah. <laughs> you're, you're getting what your body needs. And so, that really helped me was just like staying really hydrated, um, using electrolytes and, um, taking B6. And I, I, I didn't have to take the Unisom, but, um, you know, there are women who literally puke all day long. And so getting over that is when the, you know, you're no longer feeding the baby from your nutrient stores and, and the placenta takes over and is able to fuel that baby. But, when you think about what is that made out of and like how much your body is stretching and growing, um, you know, it's a lot. So you need you need certain things to hydrate your skin and 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 I really like lean on fatty acids. Like I love omega-threes, and like I said, I love olive oil, and I know you're a huge fan. Um grass-fed butter. It's it's a time in my life where I'll have full-fat dairy like I'll do good culture um pasture-raised cottage cheese like it's kind of a plain it's a plain protein but it's also, you know, research shows that like full-fat dairy, there was a study with women going through IVF and full-fat dairy versus non-fat dairy and full-fat dairy increased fertility. Mm. So, you know, It's kind of one of those things, you know, nutrition science, where you look at that and you go, well, was it because they were getting more fat and so they were absorbing more fat-soluble vitamins and they were getting more protein? Is it really the fat piece or is it the dairy piece? I don't know. There are women who have zero dairy throughout their pregnancy, but it was funny. This time around, I posted a picture of like sort of like what I call like a quote-unquote health plate. It was like chopped veggies, some sauerkraut, a cottage cheese, some protein. I think it was like like chicken. I was basically like making lettuce wraps and I was like, any guesses? And like, <laughs> I had all these comments, girls being like, Oh my God, is that what I think it is? Cause <laughs> they know that that was like one of my number one cravings when I was pregnant with Sebastian.
0: Interesting. So,
1: but pregnancy is a wild ride and everybody's different. Um, you know, but I think sometimes the recommendations are, you know, the recommendations are all over the place and I think there is definitely some confusion around like what your body needs.
0: Hey guys, this episode of the show is sponsored by my friends at Vital Proteins. Vital Proteins makes my favorite line of collagen. Uh, I know that Kelly is a fan of collagen. Um, I myself uh, use it um, most days of the week. I mix it into soups. I mix it into my coffee. I mix it into peanut butter. I mix it into the milk, the almond milk that I then pour into a bowl of uh, grain-free, sugar-free cereal, if I choose to have such a snack. And um, Vital Proteins is my go-to cho- choice. So check out vitalproteins.com to learn more about the products. You can also find them at major retailers, major supermarkets uh, around the US. Um, so thank you Vital Proteins for sponsoring this episode of the show. One thing that shocked me, I didn't realize the 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 surge in like energy just raw energy requirement, you know, requirements that you get when you're breastfeeding. Don't you like I'm not an expert in this topic. Don't you need to increase your calorie intake like by like 1000 or something if you're breastfeeding?
1: Um, it totally depends on the weight you've gained throughout your pregnancy. Huh. Um so I did have to increase um a lot with Sebastian. So I gained 26 pounds when I was pregnant with Sebastian. Um, and people gain anywhere between 20 and 90 pounds um, when they're pregnant. And so when you think about when that pregnancy weight goes away, then you really are relying on your food or you're becoming nutrient deficient and you're basically giving up your own stores for your child. Wow. So, but there are some really cool um, things like the milk lab in Santa Monica is something I use. So, um, I, instead of breastfeeding bash, I pumped and then I sent my milk to the lab and they were able to tell me. And, and surprisingly, like I eat a, a lot of protein, um, you know, probably like somewhere like 0. 0.75 grams per pound of body mass on average, like somewhere around a hundred grams of protein a day. And when I was breastfeeding Sebastian, I was actually back to my pre-pregnancy weight, um, about three and a half weeks after I gave birth, which was fast. Um, but also all of a sudden my breast milk was deficient in protein. It was low in calories. so it was. On average, an ounce of breast milk should be 20 calories per ounce, and mine was 15. And it came back that I was like low in specific amino acids. So that's a kind of like cool technology that I like to use because, you know, when people are like, oh, I'm just gonna eat more calories, it's like, it's just not about that. Like, you need to know what you need. And so right away, I was like, oh God, like, I need to start making more meatballs that I can just pop in the middle of the day. I need to, like, I need to. At, like double up on the protein in my smoothie, or I need to like add hard-boiled eggs. Wow. Um, and so, you know, when you're breastfeeding a brand new baby, you're kind of just feel like a cow. You're, <laughs> you barely have time to like in the beginning to like shower for yourself and like feed yourself. But that became something that became really important to me because when you think about the growth of your child, what is coming through your breast milk, or you know, if they're if people aren't breastfeeding, what's in the formula is literally making up the cells in their body. It's it's creating healthy little brains i mean there is b vitamins for example like b12 and iron i mean that is can create significant changes in your child's brain their iq their cognitive ability i mean reaction time like we know this from the science and so to learn that like my breast milk is a little deficient in protein i i was like give me all the red meat you know and <laughs> where i think other women would be like, Oh, my baby's not putting in on a lot of weight or I've lost my baby weight and I'm not producing enough milk. Like, what do I need? And it's, I think it's like, let's get into the the science if there is, and it's not a really expensive test. Like it's less than a hundred bucks. And I knew right there, like, Oh, that's once you, once you're, you know, back to your pre-pregnancy weight, it's a good thing to figure out because you really start to learn like, okay, where can I really, where can I really up my macros or where where can I kind of dial in my diet in a in a very specific way. So I don't know. I, I'm geeking out on all the pregnancy stuff this time around because I'm um I'm gonna launch a like an actual nutrition course online for pregnancy just because I think there's I think that just like some of the articles I read even today on some of the best websites are mentioning things like folic acid and you're like what? Folic acid? Close to half of pregnant women have an MTHFR mutation, and they're not able to use that for synthetic form of folate. So what are we doing? (laughs) You know, Um, but I don't know.
0: Yeah, it's so true. I I mean I, I'll often see folic acid used as if it were the same thing as folate. Like I'll read articles about how there's you know, you need to eat your spinach because there's folic acid in it. And I'm like, there's not folic <laughs> acid in spinach. Folic there's acid folate. is in, yeah, there's folate <laughs> in spinach.
1: Yeah, and that's a great way actually. I love little things like that to remind people like what is spinach? It's foliage. There's yeah. folate in it. And so I always say like if it's foliage, like you're getting you're getting folate. And that's, I think that's, a, you know, those little reminders just to add if you're pregnant, like, oh, how can I add some leafy greens? Or if I can't have salmon, how can I get some omega-3, even if it's a pasture-raised egg and, you know, just other ways to do it. Um, but there's a lot of confusion. You know, you get on the internet and they're like, oh, just have a bunch of of flax and you'll get your omega-3s. And I'm like, your child's brain is depending on the long chain omega threes that you're ingesting, and those are short chain, and your conversion rate is less than five percent. So, let's get serious about like apples to apples, not apples to oranges.
0: Yeah, if you have a like a, a somebody, well, what's your take on then, like the plant? You know, people who are plant based because you you have clients. I'm sure some I of them are on plant based side. So, like what? What's your take on that on that diet in the context of pregnancy?
1: You're trying to break the internet. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Um, so here is my take. Um, Body love. My first book came out, and I was talking about the Fab Four, and I talked a lot about the proteins that I personally eat and I choose to eat that I think are nutrient dense. What? I received and criticism that I received on that first book was that it was not including the plant-based community, um, that the only thing that they could take from that book was the Fab Four smoothie and that they could use that formula and use their plant-based proteins. So in my second book, Body Love Every Day, I have a chapter on the plant-based devotee. I talk about what it means to be plant-based. And and it takes more work, in my opinion, to to get the nutrient density that you need um, to make sure that things are not blocked, you know, the absorption of certain nutrients isn't aren't blocked by phytates and things like that oxalates. And I explain that you need to sprout and soak and you need to supplement and you should be on a B vitamin and you absolutely should be on an algae-based DHA. And and let's be just responsible about it. Um and so I think this is what's happening in my like when I'm thinking about my pregnancy course is if someone emails me and says, hey I'm Vegan or Vegetarian, is this course, for me, I'm going to be totally transparent. This course is going to talk about the most nutrient, most bioavailable sources of B vitamins, DHA, folate, um, magnesium, iron. And unfortunately, those sources are not the most bioavailable nutrient-dense sources, plant-based sources. And I am looking to help women make sure not only are they just at you know meeting the requirements, that they're having they're giving their child the most optimal start. And so for me, um, pregnancy, I just, I don't, I'm not in a place. I mean, maybe there'll be a second course that includes everybody, but this is definitely going to be, um, you know, for meat eaters. Yeah. The, it just, I yeah.
0: love that. I, I love that you're unapologetic about it too, because I find that, um, you know, there's like this, I think there's pressure on women. I could be wrong. I'm a guy, yeah. But I, what I kind of see, you know, seventy percent of my followers on Instagram are, are women, and what I, what I, th- what I think I've observed is that there's like a pressure on them to, to from the from the plant based community, to adopt, to adopt it because you know women tend to be more empathetic than men, so the, that community that the, the zealots in that community tend to appeal to empathy, you know, to, and mm-hmm. to emotion, um, and then there's this idea that meat is somehow like not, not sexier. It's not cute. You know, it's not as feminine as like a salad. You know, we see all this clip art or not clip art, but like stock imagery of women, like always laughing over a salad, right? Right, Like it's just super common. So I really appreciate that you just like own, you know, your dietary philosophy and you're not, you know, you're not apologetic about it.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, what's crazy is I think when I think about the first trimester, I was... I was obviously open to eating eggs because I didn't have to cook raw meat and I was open to eating cottage cheese because I just got to open a container. But I was adamant that I was going to get grass-fed beef at least a couple of times a week throughout my first trimester, even if I, like I said, I was saucing it up and wrapping it in an unbun or something like that because I just know the nutrient levels that I'm I'm getting from that. And it is really hard. It's one of the, the biggest hurdles I have when working with clients because for a number of reasons, like you have the... You have the emotional side of it that it's an animal, right? And that's one thing. And, and then you have this other side of it, which is that there are there are old fitness models who are now have fitness Instagrams and they talk about what they eat, and maybe they've been plant based um, and they have amazing bodies. And that is all of a sudden people want to start their day with. A Green juice and then have a bowl of fruit and then come around to having a salad with beans and nuts on it for lunch. And then they're having a plant based pizza with like a flax crust. And that woman is gorgeous and with a great body and they want that and they think that that's the way to get it. Um, but it 's hard because if you look back, that person was already a model, already a fitness model um, It was very much they may be white knuckling it through hunger and you just don't know the other side of it you don't know like how are they feeling emotionally and what is their past and so I think it's hard when women struggle with weight because they're reaching they're reaching for answers and and meat feels like oh you're going to have a steak you're going to have a beer belly or you're going to gain weight and and actually i just see it the opposite way when i get people eating red meat i've had people who've lost their period and um you know have it come back you know we're talking about nutrient stores and we're talking about iron and we're talking about we're talking about really bioavailable nutrients that can can really heal the body, in my opinion. And, um, you know, red meat isn't for everybody. That's the reality of it. It's not for everybody. But I think there is a case for regenerative farming, for increased soil health, so, you know, soil regeneration, carbon neutral and carbon negative farming. Um, It's definitely going to be the way that we we heal our soil. And it's not going to happen through tilling, like mass, mass uh, like corn, soy and wheat products, the soil is destroyed or um, it's GMO everything. it's sprayed with pesticides. It's you know for from brain health, like that is not the way to a healthy brain. So I get I get nervous. like if people want to be plant-based, I empower my clients to be plant-based, but we're doing it from the most nutrient-dense traditional ways like soaking and sprouting. We're focusing on plants. It's not an excuse to go eat a bunch of processed carbohydrates, Um, and you have to supplement and be responsible.
0: Yeah. Man, I love your brain. Uh, Speaking of supplementation, I know that you're a big fan of collagen. You mentioned it already, Mm -hmm. that the body is a third collagen. Tell Tell me about collagen.
1: Well... Yeah, so you and I both know that the glycine and methionine balance in the body is really important. And there were some studies where people showed lifespan is shortened um, when there's a really methionine rich diet. But when you actually have a balance between methionine and glycine, those statistics are null and void. And so when we think about it, what does that mean? That just means that people need to eat nose to tail. They need to include things like bone broth, collagen rich sources of foods, organ meats, things like that. And none of that is what we're finding at the grocery store. I go to the grocery store and you look at, you see chicken cutlets and you're like, "Was well, that my like gel bra from my twenties or is that like food? <laughs> you know? so it's, funny. it's like, you know, it's just, it's everything, nothing has a bone on it anymore. Nothing has skin. And it's funny. I mean, I order, we both know Anya from Belcampo and I order since we moved, I've been ordering boxes from her down and they deliver frozen. And sometimes even Chris gets the heebie-cheebies. He's like, why is there so much blood in this? And I'm like, because it was an animal. (laughs) Like you just don't normally see it. I prepare it for you. There there it is. Um, But and collagen, collagen is just, in my opinion, like I told you, glycine becomes conditionally essential when you're pregnant. Um, But I just want to make sure that my methionine and glycine balance is there. And I also you know, specifically, I want to make sure that I'm getting enough of those types of collagen amino acids like proline and glycine just to not only build my baby's organs um, and those tissues that are made up of collagen, and that, that there is enough of those amino acids to really synthesize that collagen and not be deficient. Um, I think it's a great way to round out your amino acid profile. So many times I'll make a col- my smoothie with collagen um, and I'll get a bunch of DMs, like it's not a complete protein. Um, but in my world, I'm eating grass-fed beef, I'm having salmon, I'm having eggs. I'm eating a lot of complete proteins in my diet. So, you know, I think if someone is plant-based, they need to look for complete sources of protein or, um, you know, make sure that they're, whether that's like a pea and pumpkin seed protein powder and they're... It's funny, though, because even some of my plant-based people will add marine collagen.
0: Interesting.
1: <laughs> because it has this, you know, it it just, when you think about collagen, what does a woman think about? She thinks about, like, plump, youthful skin. Yeah. She thinks about the collagen in her face and how when people yo-yo diet and lose weight, they lose collagen and mm-hmm. they're breaking down that tissue. And our synthesis of collagen depletes as we age. So, I don't know. I just think... Like I said earlier, like I'm about nutrient density. I'm about making sure my body has everything it needs so that it's not breaking me down to do something. (laughs) And so that this little baby inside of me has everything that he needs to.
0: Yeah, I love it. I take vital proteins, collagen, um... You, almost, almost every day. Probably not every day, but definitely a couple times a week. I mix it into, I'll mix it into like soups. I will throw it into smoothies. I make sometimes like these paleo pancakes. I saw your I, pancakes. Yeah, they're I fire.
1: Was like, hmm, Max. They're
0: so good. But you yeah. brought up a really, a really important point, and I think there's a lot of confusion about, you know, collagen as a, you know, as a protein source. It, it shouldn't count, right, towards your towards your protein goals.
1: No, I think when you think about, um, when I was mentioning that I'm like looking to get, you know, somewhere around a hundred grams of protein a day. Um, that's one thing that I think is also interesting too, is that I'll have clients that use collagen in their smoothie in the morning. And then they're like, I'm hungry. I'm like, okay, well, why don't you try actually like using a complete, like a grass fed beef protein and throwing collagen in your coffee or your tea later in the day, or like you said, a soup, um, and really using it to round, like I said, round out your amino acid profile. Um, But yeah, you just, again, like even people who are focusing on protein and getting enough grams per pound of body mass, which, you know, I don't really like to prescribe people like calories or macros or whatever. But I think having a general idea of like, well, what does six ounces of steak get me? Or what does three eggs get me? It's really important because you think about muscle mass. What is it? It's your metabolism. Like it literally is what balances blood sugar. Because if you have insulin hungry muscles and you have space and you suck it up and you're good to go. And like you're aging as we age and our sex hormones deplete and our muscles kind of take the hit. Sarcopenia happens. And then what? Like We're not able to really deal with blood sugar issues as well. And kind of like think about when i when I age, like I want to be able to like do yoga and walk down the stairs to the beach and hike with my kids. And I just want to be functional, you know, physically and mentally. So protein is is so, so important. But collagen is a phenomenal way to round out that amino acid profile.
0: Couldn't agree more. Protein is, is crucially important. Yeah. Like I've intuitively always prioritized protein at every meal. Like just make it this, you know, put it on center stage, you know, like make that the primary thing on the plate. Um, in, in my view. And then, you know, like round it out with the roasted, you know, maybe the root vegetables, seasonal stuff, you know, salads and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's important. the
1: most, it's the most satisfying as well. Like we, We know, even just looking at research in regards to obsessive thoughts about food and hunger hormones and naturally eating less over the day, it's like study after study after study says – If we're starting our day with protein, you balance your blood sugar better, you have less obsessive thoughts about eating, less late night eating, um, naturally eat less, naturally feel more satisfied. And so that's one of the first things I look at with a client is it's like, oh, you're starting your day with – and I don't want to say that oatmeal is this horrible thing for you, but if you're starting your day with – Carbohydrates, and yeah. you're going to spike your blood sugar and crash down three hours later and then you're just going to white knuckle it to lunch when you can have a quote unquote salad with probably not enough protein, yeah. then that's anxiety. That, that creates so much anxiety for me and for my clients too. So it's one of the first places I look is like, let's look at your breakfast and are you getting a source of protein?
0: Yeah, so so well said. That when you eat, if you if you under eat protein, you're going to eat more carbs and fat. And carbs and fat do nothing to maintain your muscle mass. No, you need the protein. Absolutely. Carbs carbs can support your energy levels. They can support you know vigorous exercise, which everybody should be doing, Mm -hmm. right? And if you're not doing it, well, you need less carbs. You know, you should be eating less. You should be eating fewer carbs. But it's really the protein, I think. You know, and when we're talking about protein. In the context of whole foods, which are the most nutrient dense, as you so eloquently stated, you know, it really is. I mean, it really is the MVP of the plate.
1: It is. And unfortunately, it's it gets such a bad reputation and, uh, you know, we just have to kind of beat our own drum and continue to share the science. Because what I worry about is when I sit down with clients and they're like, yeah, but if I ordered that out or if I'm isn't that bad. And it's it's really sad.
0: Yeah, when it comes to carbs, earlier in the in the in the show, you dropped uh, a very interesting word. You you were refer- referring to some of your carb choices during pregnancy as being acellular. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I don't want to interrupt you because yeah. you're in such a beautiful flow. But like so, for, <laughs> I was on a rant. <laughs> yeah. So when it comes to carb choices through mm-hmm. this, because carbs are not bad. Carbs oh. are definitely not bad. Um, you know, you might argue that they're misused today. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's like, what are you looking for and what is the, I guess, what is the difference between cellular. acellular and yeah, cellular?
1: Yeah. So when you look at carbohydrates, you have cellular carbohydrates and acellular carbohydrates and cellular carbohydrates mean that the carbohydrates or the glucose present or the sugar present in that food is wrapped in a cell, a fiber cell. So what I always tell my clients is it's the whole food, like rice. Um, is a cellular carbohydrate. Rice flour crackers is an acellular carbohydrate. It has been um, refined out of its fiber cell, and that you know, carbohydrate, whether that's starch or sugar, is really present and can be digested very quickly and end up in your bloodstream, spiking your blood sugar higher, creating a a larger insulin spike, and causing you to crash harder. So what is fiber? Well, fiber, I think nature does such a beautiful job of really helping us to support our blood sugar balance. So what are some great acellular carbohydrates? The fiber-rich foods, like all your fiber-rich non-starchy vegetables, all of your fiber-rich berries and fruits, like blueberries, raspberries, blackberries, and then even looking at the starchy tubers, they are cellular, but their, sugar, you know, their starch is wrapped up. And if it's like sweet potatoes, also their sugar is wrapped up in a fiber cell. So not only do you have to chew mastication, right? Chew your food, then it has to hit your stomach for hydrochloric acid. Then it hits your small, you know, your large intestines and your, your small intestines and your large intestines, and you're getting all the pancreatic enzymes and you're getting all the fermentation from those microbes. It isn't this flour-based substance that, You barely have to chew. That's completely dissolved into, you know, what's going to end up in your small intestines. Hit that, you know, hit all of those um, microbes, overfeed them, pass through your intestinal barrier so quickly, spike your blood sugar. It's a totally different experience. That's why, like, even just getting people away from, hey, let's, like, not do all of these acellular foods and let's lean on squashes and sweet potatoes and berries and things that are keeping you from riding this blood sugar roller coaster, even if there are a lot of carbohydrates present, they're not going to have the impact in your body. And so, I don't know. I think that that is, that's the way we were meant to eat. And when you think about the industrialization, refining of grains and sugar and all of these things, it's like, you can't even chew it that small. You're not digesting it that small. And you're Really, just allowing your body to have to deal with that, and so I do prioritize cellular carbohydrates over acellular carbohydrates. And I talk about that in my in my second book? And I talk about it with my clients. If there's an opportunity, and you're like, "Ooh, I really want this," I don't know these crackers. Well, if you're at a grocery store and there's like roasted sweet potatoes, can you get those instead? Like, just really looking to elevate. However, caveat: I talked about having acellular carbohydrates in my first Hmm. trimester, there are acellular carbohydrates that are low net carb, probably grain-free, using high fiber um, products like psyllium husk and almond flour and things like that, where they're infusing things with like flax or chia. They're not going to have the effect as strong of an effect as like You know, I don't know, a piece of bread on your blood sugar. Um, So, when you're feeling nauseous, when you're not feeling great when you're pregnant, or you just want to have a little bit more fun, I think that today in 2020, we have so many options to really amazing products that can make you feel like, or your spouse, or your date, or your kid feel like, oh, they're leading sort of, they're getting to have a little fun and leading quote unquote, normal life, you want to make normal protein and vegetables. And then you want to be able to like not create food rules for your kids. And you want to be able to have things like that. And so I'm really thankful for certain brands coming out with high quality, limited ingredient, low glycemic, high fiber options for when you're like, oh, "Yeah, how do I get through this burger before, you know, I don't know.
0: What so. is, what is Kelly LeVex, speaking of, of Products and brands and acellular cellular carbs. What is what is Kelly Levesque's guilty pleasure these days? Food wise, right
1: now. This is like bad that you're asking me this because right <laughs> now um, there's this little like beachy shack that's on our one of our walks, and there is a local person that makes. Vegan chocolate chip cookie ice cream sandwiches with coconut milk ice cream, and I got them for Chris's birthday. And I'm like, I can't even go by that place. (laughs) (laughs) They're so good. Um, So you know, like I, I'm intentional. I'm going to be honest, I'm like really intentional, one, because I do know the science of blood sugar for this little baby and I know how it's going to affect his life. I also know how it may impact our labor and delivery and I just want to be the healthiest I can be. So I try not to keep that stuff around and when I do, it's like no sugar, who super dark chocolate, eating evolved, like almond butter cups, I'm leaning on those kinds of foods or products that I can kind of keep around if I, I need a sweet bite so that I don't end up kind of going crazy. And there are times when food is around and someone's like, it's gluten-free, dairy-free, blah, 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 blah. And you get like roped in. You're like, okay, I'm going to try it. And you're like, well, there's no off button for this. Like I can't keep this stuff around. And being honest with yourself, um, especially because in the first trimester, you can create so many bad habits based on the fact that you really don't feel like eating, eating certain things, that things can become normal. And then the problem with that is, you know, I'm halfway. And what happens is, is when we test the microbiomes so of pregnant women in the end, in their third trimester, their microbiome looks like someone with um, prediabetes. Hmm. So, um, and the chances of gestational diabetes go up based on the flux in hormones in your body and the change in the microbes in your microbiome. And so you know, it's interesting, I kind of have thought about the research that's come out in this, like, is it because we feel like junk and so we eat junk and then we completely change, you know, the the ecosystem of our microbiome? Or is it really because pregnancy causes such a shift in these hormones that it's, you know, changing the microbiome, but you pass your microbiome to your child, um, microbes are actually... Um, They migrate. Um, It's just so crazy. They migrate um, and they are literally like throughout your whole vaginal canal. Your baby comes through that if they're vaginally birthed. They're getting like doused in microbes. It's their first, you know, interaction. There are microbes in the third trimester that like are in your uterus. Hmm. And so they they migrate up and then also you're birthing a baby through that. And then colostrum is the first few days of breastfeeding and that is just – I'm sure you've maybe you've taken colostrum, that became really popular for a while. It's just a phenomenal source of probiotic bacteria. So to think about passing that on and affecting not only my child's microbiome and how those microbes interact with their immune system and it, you know it's just it's really it can be really overwhelming to think about the responsibility you have as a pregnant women, woman if you really understand the research and the science but i try to keep it positive and not be really hard on myself so i i really like at, at the halfway mark i really reevaluate and i do it with my clients when the minute they stop feeling nauseous we re- reevaluate like what is your body what is what's going on in your body? How much weight have you gained? We want a healthy amount of weight throughout the whole pregnancy. We want to make sure, because at the end of your pregnancy, like I said, chances of gestational diabetes go up, changes in your microbiome happen, weight gain happens faster. And so we really want to start to look at, well, what are we eating? How much sugar are we allowing? And how many acellular carbohydrates and processed foods are we allowing to kind of like accidentally float into the the second half of our pregnancy in this time when we can gain weight pretty quickly. Um, so we just reevaluate and we check in. And the most of the time before someone goes to get their glucose test, I have my pregnant women use a glucometer and start testing their fasting blood sugar when they wake up in the morning and checking in with those like meals that have become habits. Like maybe they started getting tacos from someplace or pizza from someplace. Like what does your blood sugar look like after you eat that now in 20 weeks of you know 20 weeks pregnant or 25 weeks pregnant? an hour, two hours after your meal. And is it putting you in a place of like prediabetes or gestational diabetes numbers? We may need to switch some things around. Can you get cauliflower crust pizzas and put them in your freezer and start making your own pizza instead? Or can you get those flavors by making, you know, some other kind of dish? And so it isn't that anyone is ever dieting in pregnancy. It's always about nutrient density, but the bad habits Start early when you don't feel good. And it's important to reevaluate that because when you think about being pregnant for 10 months, most women, you know, it's not nine, it's closer to 10. Interesting. And it's almost a full year, max. Like, wow. think about that. Like, everyone, you know, using it as an excuse to be like, I'm pregnant and I've been restrictive for five or 10 years with my diet. Now I'm going to go hog wild. You just have to really think about the baby. And how that's affecting their future and their child's future and on and on and on. And then you really need to just have some checkpoints with yourself. It's, it's, not, it's not rocket science, but it is all about nutrient density. It's about seeing if you have any bad habits that you've sort of picked up and um, just trying your best.
0: I love that. I love that. Man, I have so much respect for women kind of <laughs> going through that 10 months. It's crazy.
1: Yeah. And you know what's crazy is like when you don't feel good, weight gain changes. Like with Sebastian, I felt great. So, you know, I was eating pretty lean and moderate to low carbohydrate, which is also a total myth. Um, You look at some of the recommendations that 175 grams of carbohydrates is what a woman should be eating in a day. Pre-pregnancy, I was somewhere between 50 and 75. Those
0: are the recommendations, 175?
1: 175. Wow. And... That's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot, especially if these women aren't like CrossFitters. Right. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, if you're sedentary.
1: Yeah. Why do you eat 175
0: grams of carbs a day?
1: And so many women are diagnosed with gestational diabetes. Wow. And that's really dangerous. So it happens to a lot of women, but I just don't think there's education in like what turns to blood sugar and is 175 grams of carbohydrates truly necessary? you know? Um, so I have more than what I had before pregnancy, you know, before pregnancy, like I said, I vacillate somewhere between like 50, 75, really hard workouts. There might be a day where I'm hitting a hundred, but it's, it's, that's my carb tolerance is not at a hundred. Like I know my blood sugar. I test it with a glucometer just to kind of check in with myself when I need that motivation. And I do the best and feel the best mentally somewhere between Around fifty or fifty to seventy-five. When I get pregnant, that's like okay. I'm at a hundred, or maybe I'm at a Maybe I'm a like one hundred and five or one hundred and ten. But like one hundred and seventy-five grams of carbohydrates a day is is a ticket to gestational diabetes.
0: I also think that like recommendations, you know, that like. Recommendations to meet certain macros, especially non-essential macros like carbohydrates don't make any sense because you've probably got some women running around who are like, oh, man, I've only hit 75 grams of carbohydrates today. I've got to eat 100 more carbohydrates when my baby is going to, you know. (laughs) And so they're like trying to make up for those macros. Right. It's just sounds crazy. And it should be
1: opposite. It should be. It should be macro goals to hit would be nutrient dense protein macros getting the essential fatty acids like your DHA and EPA and and getting people excited about whether it's like healthy fats like avocados or leafy greens. And that's another thing. Like I said, first trimester, you might not be eating a lot of veggies. Veggies sound disgusting. People don't want to eat them. But then all of a sudden you got to check in and be like, I should probably sit down and try a salad. It's like when you start to eat those things again, then you crave them again. And just reminding my clients that like, hey, I totally get that you didn't want to touch a vegetable or get within 10 feet of it in the first 12 or 14 weeks of your pregnancy. But like, how can we try to just see like, let's order one. Let's make one. Let's see how we feel. Because you know, and I know that when people start to eat that way, that's the stuff that they crave. And so we just want to, we want to like, like i said check in and and reevaluate and make sure that we're craving the foods that our body needs and our baby needs
0: is that a thing you don't want vegetables the first that's yeah. crazy that to me is another indicator that meat and eggs and things like that really are what yeah i didn't know that that's insane
1: yeah and, and then like when you when you think about all of, you know, I, lo- I love your Instagram and I always have because I think you do a, a good job of talking about nutrients because people, like I said, aren't comparing apples to apples. They're comparing apples to oranges. So they'll be like iron and kale versus steak. Well, we're talking about non-heme iron versus heme iron. And we're talking about what is the absorption of those two foods. The bioavailability of the iron in those foods are so drastically different. four times as much in steak as it is in kale based on, you know, the the type of anti nutrients that are holding on to that iron and our ability to actually use that iron. And so when you think about that and then on top of that how much a pound of kale versus a pound of steak looks like mm. like it it's confusing because people are not comparing it correctly and then um and that's why like I said I can't I can't feel I don't just don't feel right um Coming out with like a a vegetarian pregnancy course because I know what it's like to feel great through pregnancy. I know what it's like to feel like get the veggies away from me. How do I get some nutrients? And, you know, at least I know if I'm getting if I'm eating pasture raised, you know, beef, I know I'm eating getting basically eating liquid sunshine. They did enough of the grazing on the foliage for me and I'm going to get all of that goodness.
0: Mm, I love that. We don't know. We're, we're almost out of time. I just, one, one last thing that I want to know. Are you, um, restricting the timing around your, like your feeding windows at all? Or is that not something that you're thinking about yeah. during pregnancy?
1: Um, so you think about all the things that you think that you used to use before you were pregnant, whether that's like hit training, intermittent fasting, all saunas, like there are things that I really miss. Like I have an infrared sauna in my house and I can't use it. Um, but, uh, Intermittent fasting and time-restricted eating is so powerful for controlling blood sugar. Um, but when I wake up pregnant, it is – I'm hungry. And so it's something where when I wasn't pregnant, I'd wake up and have a little coffee, do a little work, get a workout in, hang with Bash, a lot of trains, a lot of trucks. And then all of a sudden it'd be nine, and I'd be like, oh, I'll make a smoothie or some eggs. And now it's like he's up at the crack of dawn, 545, 615. And I'm making him breakfast, he's eating at six thirty or seven, and so am i and And where I'm being cognizant is I don't like to go more than twelve hours. I think that that is just that is that is the it like the gateway to intermittent fasting is if we could all just eat within twelve hours and not eat you know, the the following 12 hours, we'd all be in a way better place. We probably wouldn't need as much intermittent fasting, but people eat beyond 12 hours all the time. So for me, I do kind of keep, eye on, keep an eye on not eating super late. Luckily, also pregnancy, you are pretty exhausted, at least in the beginning. Um, and my bedtime is somewhere between 9 and 10 right now. Um, it used to be maybe between 10 and 11 when I wasn't pregnant. So I like to have a couple hours of, like, not having food before I go to bed. Um, and so I'm somewhere between seven and seven, whereas before I was maybe like nine to six, nine to seven, Mm -hmm. 10 to seven, you know, naturally, just easily. And that's kind of how I approach intermittent fasting most of the time is it should feel easy and not really hard because when it's hard, then you think about food and then I see clients binge on the back end. Like their are feeding windows only six hours. I got to get as much in as I can. Yeah. And, um, and they end up eating late. And I just don't like that. I'd rather have people eat like my grandma. Let's
0: be yeah. Done
1: at, let's be done at five or six or yeah. seven latest. So.
0: I love that. Eating late. No bueno. Mm-mm. And 12 hours. I think that's something anybody can do.
1: Yeah. And it's not like a hard and fast rule. There are women who are hungry around the clock pregnant. I am lucky that I, I am not that person. Um, people wake up. Pregnant have to pee five times a night. One of those times they wake up and they feel starving. They go to their kitchen, pound some nut butter, pound some crackers, whatever they're doing. And I think that that, you know, that's unfortunate, like to feel that way, to feel those. And I I don't know if it's like hypoglycemic moments or, um, you know, just a lack of energy or whatever it is, um, because it can be exhausting. So everyone's pregnancy is different. And I'm just speaking from personal experience and from when it comes to my recommendations, it's just from the research that's available.
0: Yeah. Love that. Um, I want to thank Vital Proteins for sponsoring this episode of the show. As I mentioned, uh, you know, I, I use their products pretty regularly. So do, do I. You do? <laughs> yeah. Nice.
1: I, uh, I was joking with one of the girls that works there, Christina, um, because the Beauty Greens is like a super green collagen, and I finally felt like veggies again, and really having a lot of greens and so i was making the greenest smoothies with the beauty greens collagen i was like i need to get my hands on more of this stuff it's just delicious so
0: that's dope um Awesome. Where can uh, the last question that gets asked to everybody on the show um, is coming up. But before we get to that, where can my listeners find you on the internet, <laughs> and uh, and what was the name of your most recent book if they want to pick that up, which they yeah. should. Yeah.
1: So um, I'm on social everywhere at Be Well by Kelly, and my book series is Body Love and Body Love Every Day.
0: So great. You're. I mean, you're just the best. Max,
1: is <laughs> like I feel exactly the same way. We we are. I would say soul sisters, but... (laughs) I'll take it. I'll take it. Okay. (laughs) I'll take
0: it. Um, What does it mean to you to live a genius life, Kelly Levesque?
1: You know, I think um, being pregnant this time around, I think to live a genius life is to constantly evaluate your life and to edit. I think a lot of times we, like I kind of alluded to earlier, we can get caught up in things and feel maybe that you know, one way of life we've committed to, we've preached about, we've talked about with our friends and our family, and we feel compressed to constantly stay in that, whether it feels aligned, we feel aligned to that or not. And I think having the flexibility to constantly grow and change and evolve is really, really important. I think now more than ever in 2020, we're learning that time and time and time again, like socially, politically, You know, nutritionally, it's really all about being open to learning and being open to changing. And to me, um, if something doesn't feel right in your life and it isn't vibing with you, like lean in, do the research, educate yourself and grow.
0: Couldn't have said it better. I love that. So true. So important. Thank you again for being here. My pleasure. To all you guys out there in podcast land, <laughs> I value your time and attention. Share this episode of the show. There was so much important stuff that Kelly dropped. I mean, there's no there's no limit to her wisdom. Text me. Let me know what you thought about the show. 310-299-9401. <laughs> and I'll catch you on the next episode.
1: Just giving your phone number away. Just giving
0: my phone number out. That's what we do. <laughs> I love you, Max. <laughs> I love you, too. Peace, guys.